Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Offensively, how much of this growth offensively is Pat's maturity? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's, a, it's the whole offense in general, you know. You put a lot more accountability on the O-line for being together for a whole other year. Uh, having that much more chemistry together. And then on top of that, what Pat's able to do is just, you know, keep developing. He just keeps finding ways to get better as a quarterback. And, um, yeah, that, that, that by far is uh, is what's made this offense take off and go into more of a passing offense than, than what we had in the past, for sure. His development over the offseasons has got a lot to do with just um, – you know, taking it to that next step, you know, whether it's uh, the next read or, or understanding what the defense is doing so you know where to go even more precise with the ball instead of just feeling out the defense. I, I really see that out of him this camp more than any. I love to hear that from Travis Kelsey because that's something I've been saying recently, some of the radio spots I do throughout the country when it comes up, whether or not the Chiefs are going to be better or worse without Tyreek Hill, we're getting to the point in Patrick Mahomes' career where he should be diagnosing the plays at the line of scrimmage. He should start to see the patterns and the trends and know where the coverage is going to be and know who's going to be open before he even has the ball in his hands, a la Tom Brady. And we're approaching that sweet spot in the Mahomes' career where he still has full access to his physical abilities and his brain begins to become supercomputer. Right where he knows what's going on. So you don't need, I'm really starting to think I'm allowing myself to think right or wrong. How, when does that ever stop me? I'm allowing myself to think that trading Tyree kill may be uh-huh. the old That's addition right. by subtraction. Uh-huh. I'm really, because we know from it needed to be said, his podcast where he says a lot of things that maybe didn't need to be said that he was a pain in the ass last year behind the scenes. He was agitating for more, even though he got plenty. So you get that out of the mix, and you just let Mahomes run the offense and throw to the guy who's open without worrying about force-feeding it to Tyree Kill. Maybe your offense is better, even if you don't have that one guy that's being double-covered all the time, Chris. I, 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 Mike, I, I'm there. I mean, that that's where I – you know, again, I know McCole Hardman hurt his groin a little yesterday, but and, and I know Tyreek is special. 
but they fill, still have filled that void of, wait, there's a scary guy that can fly down the middle here, and we got a quarterback that can throw at 70 yards in Valdez Scantling, and McCall Hardman can do that too. And I think, with, you know, you explained it right. I think he is in that sweet spot. You know, I, you, you said, I know we're getting dangerously close to where we got to pick the Super Bowl and do all of that. I can just tell you right now, I'm going to put the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. I'm not giving up on them. Not at all. Damn not. And I, I just think that, you know, like, like we, we kind of talked to, I think, earlier in the week, they got to the Super Bowl last year playing B-plus, I mean, to the AFC chip playing B-plus football for the most of the year. I mean, again, I mean, very rare that we have a team where we're like, well, they've got a losing record, and, but it's, it's Mahomes and the Chiefs, and they'll get it together. And, yeah, they went through a little hot streak, but I got to think they're going to rebound on both sides of the ball um, and, and for the reasons that you stated clearly there. It's so easy to lose sight of the fact that fundamentally these football players are human beings and they react to the same stuff the rest of us react to. So everybody's on the Bills. How many consecutive years did the Chiefs have to beat the Bills at home in the playoffs before the Chiefs are regarded as the the better option for the next year? That's going to piss them off. The Tyreek Hill comments are going to piss off Patrick Mahomes. He can brush it off whatever when – Hill comes out and says Tua is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes, but at some <laughs> level that gives Patrick Mahomes a little extra kick in the ass. Yeah, that's when a- you otherwise yeah. would potentially be complacent about your career and and comfortable and satisfied in where you are. You don't need to find anything internal when your former receiver is popping off about how his new quarterback is more accurate than you. So all those things add up, and that leads to our first grab bag category eventually i knew we would get there buy or sell i think i know what we're doing buy or sell patrick mahomes will have the best year of his career in 2022 Ooh, wow that's that's a high bar there uh, i mean his his first year playing 50 touchdown passes uh, mvp I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm going to sell it from a statistical standpoint that he's not going to get 50 touchdown passes. I don't think he'll get there. All right. So from that, but I guess where there's a part there I want to buy in the fact that I think he's going to be more efficient and a little bit more of a, you know, tactical machine that way, as you were referring to, you know, before, because it's not going to be, oh, let me just float back because I want to throw the 80 yard bomb to Tyreek as he's running down the middle because he can fly. I mean, you're still going to have that magic. But I think the one thing he learned last year is that he, and even in the Super Bowl with Tampa, it just there was it was too greedy. It was too greedy. It was too much of that, you know. And and I've heard him refer to it a few times this off season that you know I think he's got to be a little bit more of a robot. You just can't go out there and think that against some of these te- teams that you're going to be able to just play backyard football and make Mahomes magic happen all the time. One thing he said recently is the lesson they learned against the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. They played to not oh, lose. Oh, I know. You know what I think that means? And again, the, the beauty of it is nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going to happen. But what do you think? But against, I, I just think they're going to kick the shit out of everybody. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, they're going to unleash Sorry. the Kraken. Sorry, right? London. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that – I think that that – the season they had last year where they started slowly, they found their groove, they had the Super Bowl appearance in their hands, and they they just dropped it, right? They stopped being who they are. Yeah. They're never going to stop being who they are this year. You throw in that Tyreek Hill wrinkle, and I think the Chiefs are going to come out of the gates strong, and they're going to keep getting strong. I just... 
We had a debate yesterday on the PFT writers text chain when Nicole Hardman got hurt. I got some people, and I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to out anyone here like Aaron Rodgers and say that. But, but you know, oh, they're not even going to make the playoffs. It's just like, you have you been in Chris Simstash? Are you smoking something? Who's that that's doing that? Are you crazy? Um, yeah, I'm with you, Mike. They're, they're too highly motivated. They've improved their football team through the draft and the free agency. That's what's great about Kansas City. They don't sit back and – and just like, you know, oh, they, they're kind of pushed the chips in the middle of the table like we talk about every year. And, and, and I do think Super Bowl hangover and the fact that they could have gone after that Tampa, well, we weren't really 100% in that Tampa Super Bowl. We were extremely, we got unlucky and we were really banged up going to the game. We'll still be good. I think when you add that all together, that's what, you know, added to some complacency for the first half of the year last year for the Chiefs. I think that well. Uh, yeah, you're starting to come around. They're going to be in the final around. four. There, <laughs> yeah, I'm starting. To come, I'm starting to come around on you know. Look, they won one Super Bowl. They were in another. They should have been in this year. Uh, it's their own fault. They could have been in in 2018. Right. The coin flip. Yeah. They, they, they are going to continue to be a force and a factor, even in a very top-heavy AFC. All right, in Philadelphia. Um. There's an open question as to what Jalen Hurts is going to do in year three as they put help around him. Here is receiver Zach Paschal talking about the ability of Jalen Hurts to throw the deep ball. Since I got here, his deep ball, I mean, accuracy has been amazing. A lot of his throws have been accurate. Um, I see him getting better every day, every day. And, and the work ethic he puts into that, it just trickles down to the whole team and everybody else putting in work. Okay, scale of 1 to 10, what's your confidence level that Jalen Hurts will prove he's a franchise quarterback this season in year three of his career as he moves toward a possibly major payday? This is a tough one. Um, I'm going to go 6.5, 6.5, because he's got everything you want as a franchise quarterback. He does. The leadership. He brings something to the football team. You could tell the players love Jalen Hurts. and I, I, He's gotten better at throwing the football every year, even though, you know, again, it, it's not maybe where we want it to be, but that's the last piece of the puzzle that, that I need to see. I know we can throw the deep ball. He's very good in that department. There's no doubt. He throws a high deep ball. He lets his guys run under it. And when you throw the ball up in the air like that, DBs, they always choke their ass off and trip and fall and stumble. And he just, he's got a feel for that. But it's not that throw that I'm worried about. It's the third and eight, and there is no deep ball. And can, well, you've talked about this, thread the needle down the middle between tight coverage or put the ball exactly where it needs to be to let the guy run after the catch and all that. That's where I just, I don't know yet. So, that's where I'm going six and a half. And I'm, I'm kind of looked at as like a Jalen Hurts hater, but I, I don't know. What do, what do people want me to do? Just lie just because I because he's Jalen Hurts and he's an awesome guy? I know that. That's a big question for me. And it's a question for them too. They could say what they want, but they flirted with other quarterbacks and free agency and trades and all that. So there's a question there. Yeah, go ahead. What? They have no – they have – a wandering eye when it comes to quarterbacks, yes. the, the the Eagles, and I could I could name names here. I, I could I could throw out one name that I'm aware of that we go, oh boy, um, but they they have a wandering yes. eye, and uh, we we know they were linked to Deshaun Watson. I think the only thing that kept that from ever becoming a thing is Deshaun Watson wasn't interested in Philadelphia, right? 
Although, you know, maybe he should have been, but he's got different issues. And we made it through an hour and 20 minutes without mentioning him. <laughs> Sorry, I get fined because there really isn't anything to say about him today. However, <laughs> I, I do have something interesting I want to tell you during the break, though, Chris, but, but just for you during the break. Okay, anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, I, I'll, go, I'll go seven. And, and it really is – I'm fascinated to compare Tua and Jalen Hurts year three because it was Tua that supplanted Jalen Hurts in Alabama. And there, there is a, a very different vibe. Even though both teams have gone out and loaded up the cannon, we, we generally view Tua as being on a no-excuses posture. Yes. And Jalen Hurts, it's they're doing everything they can to help him. But both teams have – the wandering eye, the yeah. beam that is looking for any quarterback that would be better than the guy they have. And the Eagles have been doing it just as much, if not more, than the Dolphins have been doing it with Tua. But for some reason, we have a different vibe and a different attitude. I think just because he and A.J. Brown are friends. He's I think got more of a leadership about Brown, him, I think. I, I agree. Yeah. But once they traded for A.J. Brown, it's kind of like, okay, now they're all in with Jalen Hurts. Right. I'm still not 100%. And maybe they became all in with Jalen Hurts after they explored another alternative and realized, we, okay, let's just do this. A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, let's see how this works. Right. Maybe he is on firmer footing now. Maybe he is. It just feels like he is, even though he and Tua are in very similar situations Agreed. where their teams have gone out and improved. Tua's on the hot seat, and Jalen is supposedly heating up. We'll see. No, I I agree with you there. It is it is odd that they're they're both you know in a very similar situation, and I think it is. It's a little bit of the the man, the leadership qualities that Jalen Hurts brings it to where, you know, maybe two is not quite that way, but the the, the team just seems they very naturally rally around Jalen Hurts, no matter where he's been at, Oklahoma, Alabama. I think he's got special qualities like that, and with. The Dolphins, as much as we know, hey, Tua's got a great smile and was a you know great kid, and we like him and everything there. You know, I feel like it's forced. It's for uh, Tyree Kill's going to make it. Oh, look, speaking into existence, he is good. He is a leader. It's not quite the same, and I I think you kind of hit it you know spot on there. Jalen Hurts is rattled by nothing, including the fact that the Eagles are constantly looking for an upgrade. He's not. He's not troubled by it. Yeah. Tua, very troubled by it. Right. Very, I don't care what he says at press conferences. Yeah, we, know, and I know. we know. We yeah. know. Right. We know. Right. We know. We know what's going know. on behind the scenes yeah. in Miami. Right. What we see at the press conference is not what's really happening when you get behind the curtain and he's freaked out about the fact that it's going to be Deshaun Watson or this guy or that guy potentially taking his job. Jalen Hurts just shrugs at it and keeps going. All right. T.J. Watt appearing on the Pivot podcast on the comparisons that some are trying to make between him and his brother J.J. Have a listen. I want people to understand how great my brother truly was in his mm-hmm. Yeah, And I think that it gets lost in today's, and I know he would be upset if I said this, but I think it, it truly is. It's like, you go back and you look at it, you watch the film, you, like, the guy was freaking unstoppable. Like, absolutely unstoppable. And he'll never say it, but it's like, I think people need to go back and look at that and be like, the guy was doing incredible things for four or five years, and I think he can still play at a high level. Um, I think I'm too early in my career to compare myself to him at the moment, honestly. TJ does have one Defensive Player of the Year award. JJ has three. I think he won three in four years, and he was constantly fighting through injury. And he con- the way he plays, JJ Watt, it, 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 it's the car. It, it, 
you know, TJ's a little more to the outside and he's rushing the pass. Exactly. He's not he's not closer to the action right. where he's constantly getting twisted and hit and and put in those bad spots. And JJ will all and that's the thing that we always need to respect about what these football players do. They work themselves to get to 100% and they know inevitably they're going to fall below it and at some point they're going to need surgery and rehab and keep working their way back to 100 only to do it all over again. JJ Watt has no qualms about doing that over and over and over again. Yeah, that's right. He's he's you know, he's still got incredible talent. It's just the health like you make you mentioned. And and TJ is spot on. I mean, hey, JJ Watt is in that special Deion Sanders room. I mean, he's he's one of the greatest defenders in the history of football. There's no question about it. And I think your your point about it, it's different. He didn't get to be on the edge of a defense and go, hey, I'm going to be way out here and all I got to do is rush the quarterback. He was a 3-4 defensive end. You know, he had to play head up on a tackle or play defensive tackle altogether. Very different. And my experience – you know, in the NFL a little bit, and you know, in like when I was working in New England, and we had to play the Houston Texans, well, that was the most preparation we did for one player ever that I remembered in my you know short time there. Where I mean, I I had a they were so worried about him, Belichick and Josh McDaniels. The whole game plan was organized around we got to block him, and then we also got to throw the ball to the side that he's not on because he was great at batting the ball down. weren't they out there? weren't they out there with the? They big were doing all that type of practice? stuff, right? Exactly. But they orchestrated a game plan to go. Wait, we'll get him over here, and then we'll put all the receivers over here so Brady can throw it, and then we'll try to double team him and do all that. He was unstoppable at a point to T.J. Watt's point. So, you know, J.J. Those are the game changers. Yeah. Yeah, those are the Hall of Famers. Those are the guys that get the literal gold jacket where the coaching staff is doing everything it can to account for and avoid or if you're an offensive player, neutralize that guy. Okay, so Crystal Ball, who finishes with the better career? We set a pretty high bar with J.J. Does T.J. catch and surpass J.J.? I don't think I'm going to say he does. I, I, this is where I think he will. I think he'll end up with more career sacks than J.J. I do. Just because, again, what we're talking about. He gets to play on the edge. He doesn't quite have to get in the scrum as, money, as much as, as J.J. does. But, man, it's hard. As awesome as T.J. Watt is, and, and man, I love watching him play. Uh, gosh, J.J. is just, he's special, like we talked about. And I can't quite put T.J. in that club yet. J.J. is in the Ray Lewis, Deion Sanders, Aaron Donald, Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor, part of the defense, the starting 11, like Deion talked about. So that's where I'll, I just can't, can't say TJ's going to get there quite yet, at least not in my opinion. 72 sacks in five seasons. My calculator on my phone tells me that's an average of 14.4 per year. That's pretty good considering he started with seven as a rookie. And I remember when he was drafted in 2017 at the bottom of yeah. Of round one. I remember when it happened. It's one of those things where it was like, I hadn't thought about it, and I wish I had, because the moment you thought T.J. Watt Pittsburgh Steelers is like, oh, gosh, here they that's go. As natural, that's as natural <laughs> right. a fit as it could possibly be. What, what was everybody else thinking? Yeah. Especially anybody that took a defensive player in 2017 ahead of T.J. Watt. So uh, I, I think they both can be great, but I'll defer to T.J. J.J., had an extremely special prime. He's still going strong. TJ's got a lot of work to do. So for now, I'll say that JJ will finish with the better career, all things considered. But 
They're, they're both going to be in the Hall of Fame, yeah. and maybe they both end up with the jacket made of actual gold in the Deion Sanders room <laughs> when it's all said and done. Let's go ahead and take a break. Are the Texans, the Houston freaking Texans, are they going to shock the world? Somebody on their team thinks so. We'll discuss that next on PF. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Are we capable of winning this year? Now think about what you just had. All right, your quarterback. Yeah, I wouldn't have confidence. That's all he's really saying is that, guys, we've been working hard. I think we're a pretty good football team. And if we do well, you're not picking us to win much, right? I'll say no no one here is. So it's going to probably be a shock if that happens. So I think it's no more than that. And you're the quarterback. You know, you really have a pulse on what you're seeing each day. Um, we think we're going to be – I think we're going to be pretty good this year. And uh, if that happened, I mean, you could say that uh, – Lovey say we're going to shock the world because nobody's picking us. Isn't that how it goes? If we do well, what's the, what's the story? Is it going to be a shock to you if we do well? Yeah, I'll answer for you. Yeah, it's no more than that. Lovey Smith, new coach of the Texans, talking about comments made by his quarterback, Davis Mills, to our own Peter King that I think we're going to go out and shock the world. And, and I guess there's a certain basic logic to the idea, Chris, that, you know, everybody thinks we're going to suck. So if we don't suck, that'll be kind of a shock. Even to us, we will shock the world, us included, if we're not as bad as everyone thinks we're going to be. Right. Well, it, it, listen, you, you want your, your quarterback to, to think that way. I don't know if, you know if he needs to say shock the world. Uh, maybe that's go over, overdoing it to a degree. But, yeah, Davis Mills believes in himself, and he's obviously liking what he sees in practice. I don't know if he knows what he's really seeing yet since he's only a second-year player. Right. And the Texans, there's a lot of good there on their football team. A lot of good, a lot of and, and I don't mean to. I'm just trying to make this simple. A lot of B and B plus players on the roster. The reason I can't get behind and shock the world and think we're going to be pretty good or in the playoffs. I just don't know if they have enough difference makers. That, that would be the thing. Again, you, it, the league is set up right now for, you know, the stars to take over a little bit in big moments. And I don't know. Do they who's the star on defense? Who's the guy that's going to make a big play for them, you know, in a big moment when they're playing the the Titans or or the Indianapolis Colts? And hey, Brandon Cooks is real good and an underrated receiver, but you know, the, the, you need more than that. We know that in the NFL. So I, I you know, I, I like the confidence. I think the Texans can be a pain in the butt, and they're going to be physical and well coached. I just don't know if there's enough superstar talent to kind of get them over the edge to really be that pain in the butt, shock the world type of team. As telemarketer extraordinaire Vikram once said on The Office, confidence is the food of the wise man, but the liquor of the fool. The reality, though, is you can't make it in football without confidence. Even if it is false confidence, even if it's the liquor version of confidence, when you're zero and zero, you've already lost if you basically say, oh, well, time to go get our ass kicked. You've got to have confidence. Everyone's got confidence. Every fan base has confidence. The Bengals last year, for crying out loud, made it to the Super Bowl. 
That shocked the world. Somebody's going to make it. Somebody's going to win each division. Three other teams per conference are going to make it to the playoffs. One of those 14 teams is going to win the Super Bowl. It, it's a closed shop of 32 franchises, so it's not impossible. Would I bet money on it? No. But I got no problem with Davis Mills saying what he said, and I think Lovey Smith's explanation was extremely pragmatic. Right. He's not coming out with a Joe Namath guarantee in August. All he's saying is we're going to be better than people think. And that's right. most people think they're going to stink. Right. I, 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 think you're, I think that's exactly right. Got a pretty good offensive line. And then this Damian Pierce at running back. Uh, we know that Lovey Smith and the defense are going to be well coached and physical and you know, all of that. But yeah, I just, you know, again, I appreciate the confidence. And like you're saying, I think you're exactly right. You got to have that in the NFL. But uh, I, I don't expect in December for us to be talking Texans might have a playoff chance. I, I just, I don't look at it that way. I don't think they're quite there quite yet, um, but hopefully they can prove me wrong. Well, they're in a division where the path is far less treacherous than others. This isn't the AFC West or the AFC North or the AFC East. You put them in either of those conferences or divisions, they got no chance. In the South, with the Jaguars, with the Titans, who who the hell knows how they're going to recover after being the one seed and getting bumped at home by the Bengals. How do they go back to 0-0 zero and, zero and climb out of it? And then you got the Colts, and who really knows with them? Jim Irsay, owner of the Colts, making the rounds yesterday, speaking to reporters and elsewhere, talking about the arrival of Matt Ryan and the challenge of now overcoming the reigning one seed in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans. Here's Jim Irsay. Matt Ryan's been everything we hoped and dreamed for. You know, I, I know how happy the whole organization is having his leadership uh, going into the season. And obviously, we think we have uh, two great backups there as well. So, you know, we're really, really excited, and I think we have a reason to be. Uh, you know, we know going into it, it's about Tennessee. It's about winning the division. It's about going against those guys who have been very tough, and uh, they do a great job there uh, and, and um, getting their players ready to play football in a tough, physical way. Now, now look. I, I got to give Jim Irsay credit. He has, over the past 10 years or so, morphed into full-blown Jerry Jones carnival barker, where he's constantly saying, glass is half full. He's constantly calling ridiculous shots, like we're going to win three Super Bowls in a row. You know, we're going to win multiple championships with Andrew Luck, and, and, unless he prematurely retires and we're left to scramble on an annual basis as to who the hell our quarterback is going to be. And now we've got the latest one in Matt Ryan, who just kind of fell out of the sky like manna from heaven. And, and we're, we're talking him up like he's 2016 NFL MVP version of Matt Ryan. That's what Jim Irsay does. And that's what all teams need to do because you ultimately need to get people to part ways with their money and their time, and you need to convince people that you're going to be pretty good even if you're not. But the Colts do have a chance to be pretty good. Mm -hmm. They do. At some point, this, this endless wheel of who's your quarterback going to be is going to land on somebody who's pretty good. Now, Chris Ballard told me back in May they'd prefer to find somebody that's going to be the guy for 10 or 15 years, not, gee, who are we going to find this year to be the veteran quarterback who takes over? But they could have done a hell of a lot worse than Matt Ryan. And but for Deshaun Watson pulling the Falcons to the table in the failed effort to get him, 
Matt Ryan would probably still be in Atlanta. Yeah, uh, you're right. I mean, yes, it's not the guy for the next 10 years, but Matt Ryan's still got two, three good years left in him for sure. He's the best thing they've had there the last few years. That's that since Andrew Luck. There's no question in my mind about that. You know, there's you said it. There's a lot of things to like. First off, the offense is pretty creative. Frank Reich, I always like that. We know they can run the ball and and really didn't run the ball probably enough the first eight to ten games last year. So they can be special in that department. They need that other receiver other than Michael Pittman to show up. He's damn good. They need somebody else, especially if you want to com- you know compete in the AFC. Is that Paris Campbell? Is that Alec Pierce? We'll see. But they need one other guy there. And then I think one of the things that's you know kind of lost in translation a little bit to me is Gus Bradley's there as the defensive coordinator. Gus Bradley is a he is a damn good defensive mind. He is the inventor of the Seattle scheme, and I think he's got all the right pieces here that he likes. And you know, you couple, hey, they get Yanni Kangakwe, and you got Quiddy Pay over there. And DeForest Buckner is still one of the best defensive tackles in football. And Shaquille Leonard in the middle and Kenny Moore. They got pretty good safeties now. Uh, I definitely would not be shocked if the Colts are in the playoffs, I guess is what I'm saying. I wouldn't be shocked if they were sitting there in divisional round weekend. Uh, I wouldn't. I think their roster, you know, definitely is worthy of that. It's just to me is about Matt Ryan and the passing offense. How good can it be? And that might be the thing that we need to look at to go – can that push them over the edge to get to a championship game or maybe a Super Bowl? Week two of the preseason begins tonight with one game and only one game, the Chicago Bears at the Seattle Seahawks. We'll get you ready for that when this Thursday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Uh, we had a thing pop up with, with True yesterday. Um, you know, just came out, you know, as it happens, it came out of nowhere. And so, uh, um, obviously, he'll miss this game. But, uh, you know, he has a chance to be back and. You know, he's got a five-day window that he's got to take care of, and so um, yeah, it's just unfortunate that it was his turn to play the start. You know, but we'll, we'll figure it out. And uh, you know, I'm fired up for Gino to go. Drew Locke was supposed to start tonight. ESPN national audience, his chance to try to take the starting job away from Geno Smith as they get ready for an ESPN ABC game week one when Russell Wilson comes to town tonight. It's Justin Fields and the Bears. Geno Smith gets the start for the Seahawks. And also, Carroll said no decision on the week three preseason game against the Cowboys as to who starts at quarterback. It's easy to say, well, Drew Locke gets his turn then. I think by then, some of these teams, you know, if you've got uncertainty at quarterback, you're morphing toward, you're leaning toward, you're skewing toward the guy that's going to be a week one starter because you're doing a dry run in week three of the preseason. This whole three-game preseason, everybody approaches it differently than the standard approach we had with four. Right. But I, I get the feeling, based on the way Carroll answered the question of of whether Locke gets his chance next week, I, I think that they, I think that they're going to treat next week like we're getting ready for week one. I think it's just going to be Geno Smith week three, and it's going to be Geno Smith week one. Yeah, I'll be interested too, Mike, to see how they handle it because you're right, like throwing Drew Locke out. Okay, Geno plays pretty good tonight, has a good game. Right, and then to me, you might just be confusing the situation by throwing Drew Locke out there again as the starter. Okay, so now he, let's say Gino, who did well last week and does well tonight, and now Drew Locke goes out there and does well. I mean, to me, it just it, it'll divide the team a little bit. I don't know if there's really a positive there. Divide the fan base. It just it'll make the the whole situation, you know, more up in the air, and that's where 
I would be surprised. I would be surprised unless Geno really didn't play well tonight. And if Geno looked like, oh, man, all right, wait, there's some things to be concerned about here and, and everything, and, you know, as far as that's concerned, then okay, maybe you bring Drew Locke. But if Drew Locke, I mean, if Geno's pretty solid tonight, I, I wouldn't mess with that. Yeah, I agree with you, and I still feel like, and I've felt this way from the get-go, Pete Carroll wants to take on Russell Wilson with Geno Smith, not Drew Locke. And then it's up to Geno Smith to hold the job. And we see this all the time when you have two quarterbacks relatively equal, neither one is great. What does that mean? They're both going to play at some point this year, and the Seahawks are going to try to string together enough wins to sneak out a playoff berth. What do you want to see out of Justin Fields tonight? He's four for seven for 48 yards. Had a nice throw, had that out route that yeah. I initially was impressed by, but when we looked at it on film, the throw to Tajay Sharp, it wasn't as crisp, it wasn't as, as frozen ropish as it needed to be. Here's the throw that I liked to Darnell Mooney, kind of a back shoulder 50-50 ball, great sure. play by Mooney. Yep. But the throw to the other side, and it'll show up later in this pack here, that really looked impressive in real time. It Oh, that's all we got. It, it, it just wasn't that kind of Trey Lance authority. Exactly. Where that's one yeah. of those moments where it's time to unleash the zoom. Yeah, Get right, it there. Right. Kind of fell in. Uh, what do you expect to see out of him tonight? Well, he, he's on the right track. I mean, he, he surprised me last year with you know throwing the ball better than, than maybe I expected coming out of Ohio State. He was certainly more consistent that way. I think that's just we just want to see that. I know he can make the freakish type plays. We know that. And he can, he can launch the ball down the field, and he's going to have a few runs that are unbelievable. But as we always talk about, I think just the big thing is, and it is not even necessarily just all him. It's their offense. You know, who are some other answers on that offense other than Darnell Mooney? Who can they pick you apart with? Who can Justin Fields sit in the pocket and go through and make the right reads and, you know, have that surgicality that I like to talk about so much? That, that's the, the, me, the, the, the big thing to me that I'd like to see. You know, again, yeah, the throwing is good. It doesn't pop to me. Off, you know, just totally, I don't go, oh, wow, that just looks real special all the time. And as we both know, in this league, the best quarterbacks, when it comes down to playing the best defenses in football, you got to stand there in the pocket and dice people up that way. And I guess that's just the next step or level I, I want to see from Justin Fields and that offense in general. Do they have enough to even help him out do that and, and look the way we want him to look? Yeah, I, I still – I look at Justin Fields, and at some level he's got to be thinking, where, where's all my help? Yeah. All these other young quarterbacks are getting help. Right. What are they doing for me? And right. what does this new regime really think of me? I know what they're saying to me. What do they really think of me? And uh, I, I just – I want to see, and I know that we feel this way about rookies, do they look the part? With Justin Fields, does he look the part with no other parts around him, right? Can, can, he, can he play well enough when we know it's going to be one-man band in a lot of situations with Justin Fields? Although, look, I don't want to take anything away from Darnell Moody and Tadre Sharp. They, they did look good last week, but they, they don't have the names. They don't have the depth. They don't have the skill level at receiver that maybe they should have. Let's take a break. When we return, other things we are watching for – Week two of the preseason draft style. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Sauce, why do they call you sauce? Because you like applesauce? Man, I wish. I did you always just like applesauce when I was younger, but that name came from me playing Little League football when I was about six years old. One of my Little League coaches gave me the nickname. It actually was A1 Sauce Sweet Feet Gardener. A lot of people don't know that, but you do now, and I was just sauce. 
sauce. Um, I like ketchup on my chicken nuggets. What do you like? What sauce do you like on your ketchup? On your on your chicken nugget. I like barbecue sauce. You know, I actually had some barbecue sauce that's that's releasing this month. So I'll, I'll make sure that you get a bottle of it. My dad always takes me for ice cream when the New York Jets win. How many times do you think my dad is going to take me for ice cream? A lot of times. You'll be there a lot. Hey, kid, you're not getting any ice cream until November. <laughs> Look at the schedule, Sauce. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think Sauce got some sauce on his schedule. I think he's, he doesn't see what's coming for the Jets this year, but that, that's a great little spot. And it took me back because applesauce, I did they even, I remember having that jar of Mott's applesauce in the yeah. refrigerator that was like never eaten, but it was always there. Ugh. Uh, and I remember the taste of it and the texture of it and why the hell do they even make this? Just uh-huh. go eat an apple. And A1 sauce, we were talking about this over the weekend because when I was a kid, we didn't have a grill. When my mom would go buy like a T-bone steak, it would get put underneath like the there's like a drawer and you stick it in the oven it would come out like shoe leather and the only way to make it any better was with that a1 sauce so they both i had two flashbacks to my childhood in a 10 second <laughs> interval there between applesauce and a1 sauce oh yeah i don't apple i crave neither right now yeah well i don't know a1 on a on a steak i do like that but i'm i'm, I'm like sauce gardener than the barbecue i'm a barbecue lover that for sure I'm like, oh, whatever we're having, I can I can put barbecue sauce on it, and it'll taste better. Uh, A1 sauce is the only way to make bad steak edible. That's the only purpose for A1 sauce. <laughs> if you have a good steak, you need no sauce. Oh, great. That's, that's a great sponsorship. They should come sponsor you. Hey, your thing stinks unless the steak is so bad. Try A1 sauce. A1 sauce. <laughs> A1 sauce, the only way to cure a poorly cooked steak. All right, uh, things we're looking forward to in week two of the preseason. What do you got? Oh, well, I mean, we haven't seen Tuanon yet. You know, I want to see Tuanon. I just want to see, you know, some of the, the new players. Three-yard passes? Well, I, yard I, passes. maybe, like but I want to see how they're going to do it, how they're going to orchestrate it, how Mike Daniels is going to call the game with him and, of course, see some of those weapons on the field. You know, the Dolphins played – uh, nobody in the first preseason game. So uh, I'm excited to see that. I think that's one that's that's certainly at the top of the list for me. I, I want to see when and if Daniel Jones gets the hook for Tyrod Taylor. Hey, that's what da- uh, Brian Dayball, the coach of the Giants, talked about earlier this week, and they made it a big deal. Let's see Tyrod Taylor with the first-team offense. Let's see what he can do. Let's see if he creates some buzz. Let's see if Michael Irvin starts pounding the table again for Tyrod Taylor to be the starter, put a little more heat on Daniel Jones. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I was afraid Michael Irvin might come after me on social media. I'm glad he didn't because I, it, you know, I just was having fun with him, and I love Michael Irvin. He is another guy that's in that Deion Sanders Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Now, Michael Irvin seems like the last guy that we get pissed off about something. No, like I, I think he's Michael awesome. Irvin is the true cowboy attitude where anything they're saying about me is good as long as they're saying it about me. And we have history. We do. We have a lot of history, and he's, we've always had a great relationship. That's why I, I, you know, wasn't hesitating to call him out a little bit because I think he knows I, I got tremendous respect for him. Um, Russell Wilson. I mean, how, how, that's, I mean, you know, again, we had so many guys that didn't play yet uh, last week that I just want to see what he looks like in his new uniform. You know, want to see how he looks physically, new offense, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, the new weapons around him, just all of that. I, I'm, 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 I maybe should have picked that number one, but I'm definitely pumped to watch Russell Wilson, the Buffalo Bills in that game, and just see, you know, his overall look with his new football team. 
Well, we know how the next guy looks in his uniform because he's been wearing it since 2018, but we didn't see him against the Raiders. I think he hinted yesterday when he met with reporters he would have played maybe a half dozen plays, but Kirk Cousins going against the 49ers Uh at home. Kyle Shanahan there to see what the guy he could have had in 2018 does in the Kevin O'Connell offense, and it's not going to be much if he even plays. Hell, I don't know. He just came back from five days on the COVID list, but but he did say that that he probably would have played some against the Raiders. I assume they're going to give him a little bit of time. I would think behind so. the, the the starting offensive line and with the starting offense as they make this pivot. So I want to see what Kirk does. Let's take a break. The all-important final round of the things we're looking forward to in week two of the preseason when we wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live right after this. All right, we have already been talking about some of the things we're looking forward to week two of the preseason. Round three of the draft. Chris, you are up. Well, Baker Mayfield, the Carolina Panthers. How can that not be on the list? You know, it's it's a uh, we we feel and it's edging closer to Baker Mayfield being the starter. I don't know how much those guys are going to play. I, I guess I, I don't know. I wonder if New England's going to play any of their starters on the defensive side of the ball. But even if they don't play all the starters, I mean, New England's defense is pretty deep and pretty talented. So this is a different test for him, certainly. And I would think we're going to see him for a little bit more of an extended period of time compared to last week. And, you know, does he take this and run with us? And we just go, oh, he's the starter all the way? Or does he make a few mistakes and we go, whoa, 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 and then Sam Darnold comes in? I think that's one of the the must-watch games of the weekend, in my opinion. I think that uh, a game that's happening in Cleveland this weekend as Deshaun Watson makes his likely debut at home in one of two preseason games before he's gone for at least six games, pending Peter Harvey issuing a ruling that would knock him out for the full year and start his suspension immediately. But I expect to see Deshaun Watson play at home. We'll see how that crowd receives him. We'll see what he does against the Philadelphia Eagles. That is a 1 o'clock Eastern game Sunday on NFL Network. A lot of games on TV this weekend. NFL Network has a quadruple header on Saturday. And then you got games at 1 o'clock on Sunday, 7 o'clock Sunday night, Bengals-Giants, and then 8 o'clock on Fox, Ravens-Cardinals. So plenty of football this weekend, Chris. And I want to see what Deshaun Watson does will he be better than he was in that debut and uh and again how will the fans react yeah I, I hear you there yeah I mean there's that and Jacoby Brissett and how that looks right you know of him being the, the starting quarterback so there is some some fascinating things about that football game the continued look of the the Eagles is pretty good um Joe Flacco you know honorable mention Joe Flacco and the Jets uh, that's I know that's Monday night and they're playing the Falcons but that's one I'm I'm excited to see you know, again, there's, he's gotten rave reviews throughout training camp. He's still got a really good arm, and we'll just see what he's got. But I just want to see what he looks like dishing it out to some of these new young receivers they got in New York. Yeah, I agree with you, and I want to see some more Malik Willis. Yeah. See if they pull him out in the middle of a drive in order to, <laughs> in order to calm down the Malik Willis crowd. And Damian Pierce, we talked about him a lot this week, the yeah. Texans running back. He's trying to work his way to the top of the depth chart. Yesterday, Lovey Smith said – you know, it'll, it'll work itself out. The, the, we'll, we'll tell by how the guys play. Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, Damian Pierce. They will be the ones who dictate their playing time based upon what they do with their opportunities, and Pierce gets his next set of opportunities this weekend. Yeah, I, I expect him to take, the, you know, the, the proverbial bull by the horns there uh, and be the guy as the starting running back. I do. Mac Jones with the Patriots in that Carolina game. Just the offense in general. That continue 
watching Who's that. calling the plays? Right. Who's calling the plays? Exactly. So that's just, uh, you know, and, then, and of course the reports on Mac Jones have been all over the place. I was really excited about the two young guys. I know Christian Wilkinson, uh, the, the receiver, he got hurt in, I think, the scuffle or the scuffle was about him yesterday, but man, Taekwon, they, they were, they ran by everybody in the giants last week. I'm, I'm, you know, so I'm excited to see what that offense looks like. And can they be a little more explosive too? Plenty of preseason. It starts tonight with bears, Seahawks. Chris will be off on Friday because yeah. he, because you don't pay me enough. <laughs> Try to resist the devil's weed. I know you're halfway through the month. I and know. You make it to the 31st time. We'll tell. See you tomorrow morning. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.